Live from the BOD studio in two locations in southeastern <laughs> Wisconsin, it is playing and slant. Troy, it is just the two of us tonight, but you know, we always said this is what it would become book clubs and the podcast, just you and I recording our conversations. Yep. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, we will keep the, the torch burning, the, the talk going, uh, but it'll be good. Yeah. We're, uh, we're down a few people, but, uh, Bryce and Josh will definitely be back. We'll, uh, we'll see him for next time. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to keep trying here to, to be regular in delivery to our faithful listeners of, of content. So we're calling this one episode 61 a, <laughs> and that is because tonight Troy and I are going to talk about what we've been playing, hobbying, purchasing, crowdsourcing, just kind of a, a grab bag of, uh, banter. And then uh, a couple weeks out, we will be getting together with Josh and Bryce and both of us in an undisclosed location somewhere in the middle of Wisconsin to play games for a full weekend uh, at the Weekender uh, Part 2. And that is where we plan on recording a live show. So just a short form kind of hour probably that we'll bring to you as 61 Part B. Yeah, it should be so. fun. Looking excited. It's coming up super fast. Uh, it's amazing. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna be in the middle of May here pretty soon. So the itinerary set, the meal plan set. I think this week I get the uh, the check in instructions for the Airbnb. So ready to go. Um, but before we dive in, uh, and I mean as is uh, you know tradition, when you're playing in land, it's important to stay hydrated. So, Troy, how are you staying hydrated tonight as, as we just bring it home, the two of us? Yeah, and it's hot. Although I am in the the BOD, and so it's nice to be down here because I did not want to turn my air conditioning on because in Wisconsin it actually is summer. We didn't get spring. We went from winter to, uh, yeah. to summer, which is typical. Um, it was like 85. I don't even know what the real temperature is. It was hot, hot is what it was. So, um, yeah, It was that muggy heat. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we didn't, we don't, we don't get nice heat. We don't get dry heat. We just get heat, nice muggy stuff. Um, I am not doing any alcohol though. I am doing uh, needed a little pick me up, so I'm doing some Zambazon, Amazon Energy Acai Blueberry or Berry uh, Pomegranate uh, Energy Drink. It's kind of when I want to drink Monster, but it feels like it's more healthy than Monster, but probably isn't. It also really. sounds like it would mix deliciously with like Tito's vodka or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It has a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's got a little bit. It actually has, it's not completely, it's only got like, I don't know, 10 calories in it or something, but it's not completely calorie. It's low calorie, not zero calorie. So it has like a little fruit juice taste to it. So it would have a little nice. bit of, uh, would be good with as a mixer also. Well, I'm uh in night two of four of baseball this week. So when I get home from coaching 10 U uh, baseball practice in the heat, I have a little bourbon. Uh, so a bib and Tucker six year, it's just a good kind of flagship bourbon and, um, a few ice cubes and it's, it's very good. So that's my, how I survive four night weeks of baseball, <laughs> um, is by having a little cocktail afterwards. And this is baseball. Like what, what age? Uh, 10, 10 you. 10, so 10 you. A, All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Select baseball. So Monday, Tuesday practice, Wednesday, Thursday games this week. So it's a, it's a busy week. Sure. So we shouldn't ask what's in your water bottle while you're on the, on the field. <laughs> water. 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 <laughs> yeah. Water. It's after the game where yeah. I, I have the cocktail to, to relax. Uh, All right. 
Um, so other than baseball, have uh, have we been playing anything? Um, we got together with Josh just a couple nights ago, and we kind of all decided we wanted a a little bit less uh, taxing on our our brains. So we were kind of looking through the the shelves behind Troy to find something, and <laughs> <laughs> I think I just grabbed it off the shelf because I hadn't played it, and you guys had, but we played yep. Clank. Um, yeah, I was surprised you. We were both Josh and I are like, what? You you've played that? We remember playing it with you, but I think Josh and I have been played it twice together in different different forums. But you were either not there or something on both of those times, which is. But we remember you being there. If you if you, so, you could you could. Take hey, credit, I mean, but. <laughs> yeah, that's great that you guys equate playing games to me always being there. Um, but I I was not for that. So, Clank is a deck building. Uh, board game where you are trying to loot a dungeon before a dragon gets you. And so you're trying to go down into the castle and then to the depths below uh, and get as much treasure as you can each turn using cards to move, to purchase new cards, or to um, or to fight monsters that then give you gold or other effects. And most cards have a mechanic that adds clank or noise. So then you put your own cubes into a stack and every so often a dragon card comes out and then you put all the cubes that are in the clank pile into a bag and draw them out depending on how enraged the dragon is, how late in the game you are. And if your cubes are drawn, you take that in damage. If you get damage bar full, what is it, 9 or 10 health? you die and you don't make it out of the dungeon and then you just score what you have in in hand if you made it back okay. above the the ground level yep. so there's a lot going on um which i think is the only reason i kind of like it i don't usually like deck builders um but this one it felt like you're doing enough on a board and there was enough theme to to make it entertaining so the you know draw 5 do an action purchase a card <laughs> deck builder that usually feels kind of tired felt you know original and um you know thematic so the the theme of clank really pulled it through to be an enjoyable experience and then i I also won so that that helped (laughs) uh you guys guys subscribe to the let ty win the first time he plays a game so that he he enjoys it and maybe plays again uh, maybe we didn't. I mean, not that we were letting you win, but we also probably weren't. But nobody. I don't think anybody was really going cutthroat, uh, except Josh, who <laughs> stole my second treasure. I had this. I had he a plan, did. and it got uh, he did. derailed. But he died, so then uh, it didn't. I didn't feel so. Yeah, bad, that so. dragon got him. Yeah, I, I went for the <laughs> go part way in, get a decent amount of treasure, and then scoot to the outside so I would be safe and get the. It's a twenty point victory point bonus to just get outside. Yep, finish to actually get to the end to get out and get to, yeah get completely out of the dungeon and above ground. So yeah, it, I I I mean I like Clank. It has like you said, it has enough theme. I love that theme of going in there. It it ha- it reminds me a little bit of one of my favorite games from the youth, which is the Dungeon Quest, the GW yeah. one, which is much you know it's much simpler. Go in, steal the dragon from the treasure, and then you're all. It's always just hilarious because you're that game you never make it out like you're lucky if someone makes it out so it's kind of like another generation much more going on much more sophisticated mechanics in in clank um but it, it has that night that interesting feel of the clock running out and it creates some if you, you know and we had some drama there where i think 
Did I? Yeah, I didn't make it out. I was I was like one you turn short. Very close. Yeah. Yeah, and you had so I had eighty yeah. points. You had sixty one. Josh had fifty eight. Um, and he died the turn before you. Then you couldn't make it out. And the twenty points I got for making it out is what won the game. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, because yeah, we were in real close. So. So it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good pickup. Again, something we were like, we were all kind of like brain burned <laughs> for the day. And we're like, ah, oh, we don't feel like a kind of a heavy Euro. What's a good kind of middleweight? And it was, it was good. And again, I, I think maybe we, we probably knocked it out in, in an hour and a half, maybe less, right? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty quick. Yep. So, pretty quick. So it was fun. Um, trying to think. The, the only other thing I've really been playing is a lot of role playing games. So we finished up. Our Rhyme of the Frost Mating campaign. Um, probably get everyone's opinion when we get together for the weekend or maybe for a brief plot, uh, you know, conclusion, what people thought. Um, but doing that, kind of getting notes ready for our next campaign. And then my weekly uh, Vampire the Masquerade game uh, on Twitch with uh, Andrew, Mr. Mephisto, and others. Um, we just did our eighth our eighth episode hit YouTube and other places. Andrew did the editing, put that out. Um, and we've got another episode uh, tomorrow night. So that's Milwaukee by Night, Endless Elegy. Uh, eight o'clock, eight, 8.30 to 9 is usually when we get going. We usually roll at 8.30 and then by 9 we're playing. Um, we're trying to get better about that. But it's kind of a... And before we started recording, <laughs> we described this kind of like an inside the actor's studio version of... Um, an actual play because you know there's a little bit of discussion about why things are happening or what we're doing and it's it's not all just play acting and um and actors were real people and gamers kind of um (laughs) and that gets interspersed but it's it's been a lot of fun my character uh salvatore the clan hikata has has made some poor choices that that well great in his eyes but probably poor for the safety of his companions and his longevity as a um, like kindred in, in Milwaukee yeah. if he keeps going down the path he's on. So seems like a theme with some of your characters, Ty. I don't know. You might. Uh... Well, Andrew and I <laughs> talked about this. It's kind of that when you're the forever GM and you get a yeah. chance to play in somebody else's game, you tend to push limits and you tend to, you know, it's the it's the one that. Um, Always gets a little wild and crazy. It reminds, so. reminds yeah, reminds me of a Paul DK uh, move too. Yeah, so that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we will we'll talk more of that in the weekender. So absolutely in the uh, but, um, finale of our D and D game. So so we're on Mister Mess Twitch Wednesday nights around eight thirty p.m. Central, um, and it always hits YouTube a few days later, so you can catch up. It's been a lot of fun. I, you know, plan is yeah. to kind of take season one, I think, through December, like making it kind of. You know, up until the holidays, take a break and then see who wants to come back for the season two or whatever. But it's kind of fun having a regular game. Uh, Vampire is a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. What uh, yeah. what have you been playing? Uh, so the Weiss brothers, uh, John and Ben, and I uh, have gone done a couple of board game arena games in the last uh, couple of weeks. We a couple of weeks ago we found again we get sucked into their advertising on board game arena, whatever's new and <laughs> exciting on their front page a lot of times. Um, and what they had was Seven Wonders Architects. Um, so this is I don't know if it's fairly new. Um, yeah, I think 2022 or it's it's pretty new in last year. So 
kind of takes the a combined. I want to describe all. So it's a little bit of a combination of Seven Wonders, the original, which is the what would you call it? You know, deck uh, drafting game, right? You're kind of doing drafting, playing yeah, the card different drafting, cards, card draft, resource management, resource management, where you're passing around. So you definitely have that in there. Um, so it's really like a middle ground between that and if you've ever played Seven Wonders Duels, which is which I think is a really good game. I think I've talked about it in yeah. the past. Um, yeah, it is. That, like that because that it's you against the other person and very much so. Architects again plays up to I think seven people again. Um, but what it is is there you end up with the cards you're uh, much simpler in the resource management. So it's instead of like all the different things, it's much more of list just like a basic resource or an advanced resource or, um, you know, science and military are still kind of the big things, which is similar to kind of what, you know, what, what they did in duels. Um, but what they did is they, they actually put the, the decks face up between you. So for the three of us, so there was three decks and they were all in between us and you can draw from the two decks on each side of you. So, you can so you can kind of that's a, some real interesting play interaction, kind of like duel, right? Where it's like, yeah. oh, if I don't if I don't take that card, then that person's gonna then it's he's gonna take them. it, right? So, you, but like, but this card really is what I need, right? They're so basically a, competing with your neighbor for yeah, for resources cards, and cards. And they're competing with each other for your cards. Yep, and that and for the person next to them. So again, three yeah. was interesting because we were all you know we all could touch each other. If you get a little bigger. There is that, and ben, ben said he actually played some online with a little bit bigger. And what's in, interesting there is there are people that you can't like. I can't interact yeah. with that person all the way across because I'm I don't have a common deck, but I have to count on the person, you know, the people next to me who's next to them, right, to kind of do yeah. what they need to do. Um, and then the other real cool thing um, from a visual aspect, your your actual um, wonder is actually um, these really cool 3D pieces. Um, it, they're all like puzzle. I'll say puzzle pieces. It's not a puzzle. It's just like you build the actual wonder. It has, I think, five, four or five layers, and they kind of there's all different ones, and some of them have. Um, and then each piece, basically, when you building your wonder, I mean, they each take resources, um, and some of it is, um, you know, you like need three of a basic or three different ones or three. You know, like, and, and it says right on the piece what it need, what you need to build it. Um, and so that's your race is you're racing against everyone to kind of build your wonder and get to the top. Cause that what ends the game. But again, that just means you're scoring cause you could end the game and still not, not win. But, but again, you have open scoring too. So you can kind of tell like you you don't know everything and you can't, you can't, it's hard to tell everything at the end, but you kind of know like, Oh, I'm, am I winning? I'm going to push it to try and end the game or maybe sure. I'm not winning. Um, I need to kind of stall and, and generate some, you know, figure out how I can score some points, which are like science and military are ways to kind of score, score things out. So we, I, I ended up, uh, we played online. I ended up buying it, ordering it. Cause I think this, it's an interesting, it'd be fun to play basically cause it's got some real visual components yeah. that are kind of fun. So. The other seven wonders games play very fast. Is, is this one similar that it, it plays yep. quick? Yeah. I, I, again, because you don't have, um, Again, you're always a little tainted when you play online because you don't have to do all the math, right? It, the computer is as cool. Sure. The computer is doing a little bit of like, oh, what can, here's your calculations of what you can do. But it's not as, even as the basic seven wonders, it's not as um, uh, as brain burning around that because it is pretty simple, right? You're just usually, it's two or three different kinds of things you need to build something. Um, 
and you're just pulling the you the should card you should throw that into the bag for the weekender that'd yep. be a fun it might be a good yeah good just filler kind of early or late because it feels yeah. like it's a, yeah maybe a 45 minute game maybe right yeah if you're kind of running through it so yeah but, absolutely um, yeah so really yeah enjoyed that was just kind of a just said kind of found it i didn't, didn't really hear about it until um it just showed up on again we we talked way back right about uh uh asmodee buying board game arena mm-hmm. and would it be good or bad and so far i think it's actually been you've seen more and more games get implemented on that platform they've upgraded the platform there's definitely more money behind it um they keep adding new things so i and again, i think it's uh and they, you know, and I'm discovering new games, which is kind of cool too. Uh, the other one we kind of found out there was just a, p- a pure kind of, you know, we were like, oh, let's do this. Understand my idea about us being um, not uh, not wanting to do anything super bar- brain burning. We found this game called Vecto Race. You know, we're always junkies for race games too. Um, and yeah. what's interesting here, it's a, it's got a mechanic almost like an X-wing. So th- there's actually templates. So you have like these templates um, for different speed and there's no like square. So that's kind of the difference like with, so it's almost like a Gaslands combined with more of a, form- I don't know if you've played like a Formula Day um, game, you know, where, dice yeah, where the different, because tra- you're, you're shifting and, and when you're shifting, now you're getting a different template rather than different die. Yeah. Um, but you can just, you can basically, you could build whatever and then it's got some track, you know, corners. Basically you just lay out your track with the corners and then just go and then do three laps and, um, and then some interaction. And so, uh, we just, we played kind of the simple version to kind of, to learn it. Um, and there's something, there's something there. It's kind of fun. It's kind of interesting because it is kind of this in between. Um, and it seems a little faster with the templates, right? I think some, if you play formula day, I don't know, you've been in that thing is like, you get to the end and like, you're counting for, you know, Counting 14 squares. And I go this way, I go that way. If I go, I counted out eight times because I have to figure out all the different, right? What are my right. different options to get the way I want to go? Or that, um, this seems to get rid of a lot of that because um, you have some pretty simple choices to make. Um, but they are critical because you don't want to be, you know, you're, you can block and you don't want to run into somebody. And it's got like a boost. Yeah. Um, and again, pretty simple from like you have like a boost and a, and a tire mechanic like you burn tires if you want to do you know maneuver a little extra you can and it's all hexagon like each of the templates has a hexagon so it's like either i'm on kind of the the front two we want to say if it makes sense the front two square you know angles of the the hexagon or the very front if i want to go straight or if i want to burn a tire i could go all the way to the side of the template to kind of maybe move way over to the right so again i think simple mechanics but they really kind of played interesting so um, nice. Yeah, more to stay there, and be interesting to see. It's really Why only available in. Uh, I think it's a year. It's only in Europe. I think is so. I think okay. it, it's more of. A, it's probably a translation. It probably means something in. in yeah, German in, in or German or wherever the Dutch or whatever. Dutch, yeah, wherever sure. this is. Uh, so it's really. I think it's hard to find in the U.S. at the moment, um, but it is available okay. on on the Board Game Arena, which is uh, again another reason for Board Game Arena. Yeah. So, so yeah, some interesting cool. kind of fun, uh, fun games that we've gotten in the last couple of weeks. Nice. Always, always good to hear what the Weiss brothers are, are getting <laughs> into. Speaking of Weiss brothers, we should probably talk about our hobby challenge. Although yeah. Bryce and Josh aren't here, we can kind of, I, I think you said you'll be able to maybe share some of the photos. Yep. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, hopefully I will drop uh, a picture in here or there as we talk about uh, the terrain pieces that we put together. So, 
so um obviously the the monthly challenge was a train piece with base uh we went against what troy does where he doesn't base his train and <laughs> made made him do some yeah. kind of base um my my selection was the daily bugle uh kind of newspaper convenience store stand from the mcp marvel crisis protocol a core box set and a couple dumpsters so i took one of the tablescapes uh city tiles did kind of sidewalks and the the block and uh, in, in like a concrete a lot of dry brushing a little bit of ink in the lines and then painted the the building and the dumpsters with mostly uh contrast paint from gw then some washes a little bit of weathering and some metallics um little more I probably want to do in the, the grand scheme of things to like finish it up with maybe adding some rust or other things. But I, I found contrast paint worked really well for um, weathering. So I just did some splotches on the roof to make it look like stains where maybe water had gathered and then kind of streaks on the, the back from the top um, to make it kind of look where there had been water damage on the, the wall. Um, and I used some Tesseract Glow for like there's these little lights that are in like metal cages. So um, just to add some fun with it, it, you know, over the course of a couple days, I kind of got it done, not taking a ton of time. Um, but I, I believe that I earned a five point, um, five point score for this month as I, I based it. I had three colors minimum. It was assembled. Uh, it, it was finished. And then I used special effect. I did some weathering. Um, on the the flat surfaces, the one thing I did find, and and I'm open for advice, is I found contrast paint very hard to do on so many flat surfaces. Yep. yep. Found I had to do a lot to like swirl or hide brush strokes, and as it dries, you kind of it was very tough with flat surfaces. Yep. So certainly, if anyone's got any tips there, other than use a bigger brush, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. It, I mean, I think it's not in. Uh, Again, as I I did a whole bunch, I'm trying to think when I did a lot of the zombicide figures. Yeah. Again, even it worked great for the ones that were high texture, but even some of the actually some of the bigger monsters that had some of the bigger flat area, even there, you're like, oh, I don't even know if I, you know, it's like I yeah. can't, I don't even if I I might even went back and dry brushed on top to kind of cover up my you know because it just doesn't it's as hard as you try it doesn't want to give you a nice kind of smooth finish over anything so yeah. But um, so yeah, I I believe I earned five five points, uh, which puts us puts me at eight points out of the last two challenges for my my total score currently. Um, Troy, you want to tell us what you you put together? Sure. So you guys made me do a base. I'm like, all right, yep. if we're gonna do a base, then I'm gonna do a base. Uh, so I, <laughs> and at the same time, I was getting I don't know I. I think I just all of a sudden had inspiration when I saw the new um, terrain piece from, is it the Battle Zone Frontiers, Noctum, uh, whatever Battle Zone? That look, it's kind of the STC templated, kind of looks like a base that got you know dropped in by the Marines or something. Um, that set really just kind of inspired me. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And in there, they have this really cool radar dish. Um, and I'm like, oh, this would be kind of cool to like put on a little bit. You know, it's kind of just flat on, on down on. The, and I'm like, oh, this would be cool to kind of put on like a little bit of a mountain or a little bit of a hill um, on there. So I found some, went back to some old um, kind of two inch foam, 
made and cut sliced a, a hill out of there, got the old jigsaw out to cut some of the whatever that uh, melanine board or whatever it is uh, on the very bottom and um, had to pull out the crazy, uh, is it Gorilla Glue? Whatever, some good Gorilla Glue that'll actually stick to foam. Had to, you know, going back to all the, uh, the the fun projects. So did that, and then pulled out the uh, um, the sculpt mold, uh, which you know, just that, yeah. which is that kind of newspaper, you know, um, fiber, paper fiber, paper mache kind of mix, a little water, and then you get to do some fun sculpt, whatever that is, you know slapping it on with your spread spatula, it around spread yeah. it around like you know, painting a frosting like a you're cake. making a cake yeah, yeah frosting a cake a mud cake yeah let it dry for about a day day and a half i think i ended up i, I still don't understand like because you read it and like oh it'll dry in like 30 minutes and i'm like i don't yeah. feel like i'm overwatering it but it i need to give it uh yeah it usually i don't feel yeah. good until i do like a a day on it um to let it go so did that and then uh kind of painted it up and then yeah, again along the same time you know assembled the uh, the terrain which isn't too much um and then i just did a quick uh, kind of dry brush on the uh on the terrain piece itself and kind of then and i actually put the base of it into the sculpt mold um and it and, and then i pulled some stairs from the necromunda set that i kind of built into the hill i was, I was gonna ask up. where where did the stairway come yeah, from yeah that's out of the necromunda the crazy um pile of bits uh that was left over from that and so i'm like oh this is a good reason to use a staircase because that otherwise i'm like what do you use a staircase for right does <laughs> so that so i think it actually came out pretty good um and then i took the i really had fun and i'm, I'm only going to take four points because i had, did not i still want to do some uh special kind of weathering um do a little bit more work on the um the actual uh, dish itself um doing some of that and then come in and do a couple. I did uh, uh, like one or two passes with the dry, which was so satisfying was to like that sculpt mold has so much texture to it. Oh yeah. And I kind of just did a dark brown kind of craft paint kind of base uh, and then came after it with, I'm trying to think what I, I don't even remember what I used for, uh, what did I come after it with? Oh, just uh, Zentry, is it Zentry Dust? Xander Dust. Xander Dust, yeah, Xander Xander Dust. Dust. yeah. I think I did that as my first kind of dry brush on it and it just was super I, it was just coming out so cool there's so much texture there um what i want to do a couple more kind of different colors in that maybe add some um add some sand or rock texture just a little bit on there um and then maybe a little bit of weathering so so i'm not i'm going to give take four because i still want to do a little bit kind of to put it over the top um, but uh, it was a really satisfying it's something about a good chunky terrain piece like that yeah <laughs> that really is yeah. uh, it's satisfying well you know it it looks really nice and it'll have a place on a battlefield like it'll yep. it'll work it's functional but it's also it looks yep. nice um all right so four points troy puts you at nine for the challenge so you are the the current front runner um bryce did not complete a hobby project for the second month in a row i know he said he gets five points because he's bryce and he'll catch us anyways as the year goes on but he did frame more of his desk and cabinets in the future hobby room so i mean I guess, I guess that's a couple points. We can probably confer with yep. the other oh, judges yeah. yep. and yep. see what, a they, couple points. what they yep. say. Yeah, he's Home in. hobby is, is hobby. So Yeah, because he definitely has a base. He probably has yep. a, uh, like a base coat on there. He assembled. he assembled. I don't think he painted yet. Yeah, so he gets two points for his hobby yep. desk uh, effort. Yep. And then Josh is pretty – I mean, he's either in the four or five-point range because he did something similar to what 
you would yeah you it looks like he 3d it. printed a construction trailer and yeah. he gets the bonus point to five because he printed a weiss bros weiss brothers <laughs> sign yeah. to hang on the the building so um evidently the weiss brothers are uh marvel universe uh canon now Yo, right. there's a, a company in in the marvel crisis protocol world um but it looked like he 3d printed and and painted did a city tile base um the only thing missing might be like the weathering or the you know the finishing touches but the weiss yeah. brother sign probably gets gonna, him that, it's gonna get him yeah point. we'll get we'll give yeah. him that that five that got be i did not he posted it this morning and then i did not see it until <laughs> this this evening when i pulled up discord and i got a huge kick out of that that was very very funny that was good so that that brings josh's total to seven and a half so it's pretty close up top um nine eight seven point five and then bryce you know he's never count bryce out when it comes yep. to hobby challenges because the moment he's got his desk it's just going to be five after five after five uh coming um i think at the weekender we'll probably talk about what is next uh as as far as a challenge we talked a little bit about the hobby challenge um being a we each have a character that we're painting so that might become our our um, next episode yep. if yep. if we turn it around quick I myself am going to assemble and paint Moon Knight out of the Blade and Moon Knight set um, to to bring with the other models I have. What are you doing for the Weekender? I think it's Colossus. It might be Mystique, but I, I, Ooh, okay. I, I think it's between those two. Which one am I not? An X-Men adjacent. Yep. Uh, yeah, I have a character. big pile of X-Men-ish um, ones too that I'll pick one of, so... And I, I can't remember what Josh was going to do. Um, Thanos, maybe. Oh, maybe. Oh. Bryce is going to do one, too. So we'll we'll see with what they do, and we'll we'll recap at the Weekender live recording. But that'll be that'll be just a couple weeks out um, for our our next goal, and we'll see we'll see where we get there. Um. I did do a lot of work with contrast. I talked about that. Um, I also started playing around using contrast paint with the Hero Quest doors. Mm. I don't know if we talked about your doors last time or my mm. doors too much, but um, you know, I, I did the black primer and then I dry brushed a gray and then heavy dry brush, then I dry brushed a white, like a gray white, um, before I applied the contrast. So I kind of did the I guess the the fake Zenithal slash slap chop um, method of of painting, uh, and then put contrast on and get some really cool looking stone effects. The vines look nice. The wood colors come in nice with that gradient from the 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 grayscale kind of under undercoating. Um, and you worked with the army painter speed paints. Yeah, the army. Yeah, stuff. the army painters. Uh, that was kind of the twofold. One is the hero quest stuff is fun to paint. And then I think we had talked about, I had picked up the, the starter kit or of the speed paints at Adepticon. And I thought, Oh, this will be an interesting just project to like, I'm just going to try and use a lot of the speed paints on those and see how they work. And, and cause again, you can watch a million videos on YouTube about other people doing it, but until you do it yourself, right. You usually don't you get a feel for that. Um, yeah. So I've did a, all my doors. Um, and I just did a base, um, uh, I used the, I cheated, I guess I used the GW, what's the warm under, the warm undertone color, um, not the gray sear, but the other one I think is the, the one that's more of a warm white, uh, is the undercoat, uh, spray paint. And I didn't do spray any, tone. 
yeah, yeah. And I didn't do any, uh, I didn't do any Zenithal because I'm like, I'm just want to keep it pretty simple just to see how it works mm-hmm. out on that. And so, um, and then use the, I should get it over for what the actual, but there's, the, there's a gray in that starter that worked out real, that looked really nice. Um, and then the, some of my favorite colors are the, again, is there's like a, a leather that I used for the wood on the door. Um, and again, super satisfying to paint <laughs> with yeah. those. Cause you're just like, and, and I don't, I mean, what I found again, just not a whole lot of, I, not a whole lot of experience. I did do one orc miniature, I think one or two, one, one orc miniature too, just to use some more, use some of the greens and, and that. And then I used regular GW metallics for a few things to kind of finish it up. But, um, it seems like the speed paints maybe are a little bit more, I'll, I'll say consistent than the contrast. Like, I feel like the contrast paints, you really got to know this color acts this way this color acts yeah. this way this one's much more opaque than the other ones i think there, there's some of that with the speed but the speed paints themselves feel a little bit more consistent at least from sure. the ones that i i've touched on um there is something around again you'll see different people have that experience too there is something around the 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 speed paints not being almost even more touchy than like contrast, you want to paint and then don't go back over it, right? <laughs> it does, you know, you, you you can't kind of once it starts to dry, you don't want to touch with it. I think the speed paints are even a little bit more sensitive to that than the contrast are. I think a little bit, um, and they might even be a little bit more slow drying, which is kind of weird. It puts in a weird thing. Um, and then I haven't had as much. Again, people are talking about too. I think if you see it right about the speed paint, will sometimes which I haven't seen in contrast reactivate. Like if you go back over it with another wet paint, like they won't. Mm -hmm. And some of that may be just the super long drying time or whatever, but so you really have to be careful that you're not going at, um, it was interesting. Um, what's her name? Uh, Dana, um, I don't remember who the YouTuber, you know, the painter, I should find Dana Howell. Dana Howell. Dana Howell. Uh, it was interesting. She has a really good video on that where she played around with experimenting with, uh, what her advice was is just if you're going back over on kind of the speed paint, just make sure you're not going back with a more of a wet paint, almost going back mm-hmm. with a drier paint or dry, dry and, and just making sure you're not. And, and then you can do, and then she was showing, showing some pretty cool effects with doing some, even some blending and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, get your hands on them. There's a lot there. They're interesting. They're another tool in the toolbox. Yeah. I think there's a few, again, I like, some of the colors that are just going to be probably like, oh, these are going to be awesome to just especially something about leathers and wood color, right? Paint that you can do in just a one pass yeah. and that you're going to use well, I, for a lot of different things. I think that's the thing I found. I buy all these different paint sets and stuff, and then I find one or two paints that I, I really like and I just add to the So, like when I'm doing a project, I've got, you know, some Vallejo air stuff, I've got my metal air paints, I've got my couple contrast paints that I love like Basilicanum gray yep. and like Gilliam <laughs> flesh and yep. snake bite leather and wildwood. There's just yep. a handful. And then like my instant paints from scale 75, I've got in my ink intensity, like chestnut ink and Payne's gray, like the Dale Rowney Payne's gray ink the, yep. you know, I, there's just these. So I end up with like 17 different brands and like a paint from each line that I just like. Yep. And you end up kind of putting it together. And if somebody was say, use only contrast paints or use only this, I'd be like, this is, I can't, I can't do it. (laughs) Yep. And it's so, cause it's fun. And I did get a hold of the mega set. Um, Mm -hmm. 
just because as what I found is if I wanted to really do use those for for the the hero quest guys, I needed more. There aren't really enough colors in that base uh, that base set. From I mean, I think it's a ten or yeah. twelve in there in there. I mean, and there's some big misses. You know, there's not some blues or pinks or something. There's something in there that's not in almost there, like so. they're trying to get you to buy. Yeah, and, right. I mean, right. I, it, it's a nice like again. The starter is yeah. a, what it is. It's like oh, I'm going to dip my toe in that, right? Yeah. And then maybe, and then, but then, I, and then I was able to. Now I don't. Hopefully, in the next, I know they had sent out like everything else. They were having supply problems, and good, it's good. I think good problems, right? Like people are really bought. Up, I think they bought up all the initial release of the mm-hmm. the speed paint. So, um, hopefully, if they get out and and because I don't think they're available in single bottle yet. Um, and so the really only way to get all the colors is to kind of in that mega set. But even that, I think, is sold out. I, I made the mistake of waiting one extra day at Games uh, Universe. I'm like, oh, they have it. And it was like, oh, it's 100 bucks. That's not too bad. And then I'm like, and then I, I'm like, oh, I'll just go get it the next. I think I'd stopped on the way from work. And then over the weekend, I'm like, oh, I'll go in on the weekend and grab it. And it was gone. <laughs> and so I ended up getting one on eBay. I think I actually got it a little cheaper on eBay. But um but yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's hard to find them. I think you can just find the starter, but that mega set is a little bit harder. But hopefully they they sent some out saying they're hopefully they're going to get their supplies and then they'll be available in uh, in single color too. I think that's going to be the way because people are going to find certain colors that they really like. Yeah, and they're just going to up on, and they're going to take them because again, that's the thing with the those big sets. There's colors in there that you just never you end up never using, right? right? And it's the definitely all right. So that's Hobby. Uh, we'll check in with Bryce and Josh at the Weekender um, on Marvel Crisis Protocol goals, what they got done. Um, let's talk Kickstarter. So I I haven't been kickstarting much of anything. I'm kind of waiting for a lot to come in, like the Wet Palette 2, the Zombie Side Old West set, um, Frost Haven, the Gloomhaven expansion. So I've got these projects out there that have been out what feels like forever. Uh, but I saw a new one hit, which was actually something I really, really enjoy. So there's a kind of a radio drama uh, podcast called Old Gods of Appalachia. So they tell kind of 20-minute um, stories about, it's like Cthulhu meets, um, you know, the hollers and back hills of Kentucky and like the, you know, the the southern kind of mountains. Um, so coal miners and, you know, kind of depression era so it's like 20s and 30s ish uh with cthulhu elements so you get like the snake uh snake charmer churches and like the the preacher that starts hearing these voices from the old gods or this witch that lives out in the swamp and like they're just fantastic stories well um as any great ip deserves it gets a role-playing game um that Monty Cook Games using the Cypher system produced. It looks like a really good book. Um, it just closed. They funded almost instantly. And I think they hit $2 million, which was pretty incredible for, um, you know, for a, a podcast RPG kind of yeah. crossover. Um, so will I ever play it? I don't know. But I wanted to get the book. Um, really like the podcast. They every time they address their listeners as family, um, and it's grown and gotten huge. I mean, it started as just a small, you know, a guy trying to produce uh, one or two guys produce these, write these stories, and get the voice actors. And one of the writers is a voice actor, I think, on it. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see where where that goes. Um, 
and it it looks like a pretty decent timetable yeah. for turning it around as as well. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. So in RPGs that I'll buy and never play, I also uh, Blade Runner. The RPG is up there on Kickstarter. I think it's still got a couple weeks left. Even hopefully, as you as you're hearing this, um, it is. I should know who uh, who does it, but we will. We'll find out shortly. Yeah. Um, so Blade Runner, based on the movie franchise, uh, starring Harrison Ford and Rucker Hauer, uh, and then Ryan Gosling, right, was in the yep. Blade Runner 2049. 20... 30 30 20-something. 20 20-something. Not 2021, which I think the first one was set. In... Yeah, right. It's like I think we went, yeah, like there's... Or 2020. The... Yeah, that's just... Um... Oh, Free League Publishing, which is the, yes, the group Lands, they did. I think they did. Mark Org, Alien Zero, RPG. Yep. Alien, yeah. Um, so we, yeah. yeah, we've we've gotten stuff from these guys in the past. So that was the other. Um, so I saw it, and again, I thought the same. Like, I again, love the friend, love the IP. Um, is it something I'll ever play? I don't know, but. It will. It'll just be cool to kind of get the book and look. You know, if it they and... did a a new engine, or are they using the Day Zero engine? <laughs> they use Day Zero engine for a lot of their yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think it's a good. I'm trying to go real quick. Here. Yep, Year Zero engine. Your year Zero, not yep. Day. Yep. At least that's what I'm seeing here. So, so uh, yeah, so that'll be fun. I mean, it'll be interesting to see yeah. what they uh, what they're able to put in there. And again, I think they. It was one of the ones with just the IP. They hit their. They're over a million dollars still again, yeah, still a couple weeks to go. So nice. And I did get, cool uh, I did get yet another, uh, PDF from, uh, my, the second edition of, uh, 7C. So oh, all right. Six years later. So we're still, right. we're still six in delivery. Counting. <laughs> that is crazy. Just crazy. But Hey, at least they're still following through and yep. pushing it out. Yep. All right. Um, let's let's talk a few other things. I've just got a few quick yep. notes here. Um, first is so Wizards of the Coast kind of did a state of magic like they did D and D Direct. They kind of showed. I think it was today. I didn't look too much into it because I saw, you know, a new Dominaria set, a Masters yep. set. But then it looked like the third one that they're talking about in the upcoming release cycle is the Warhammer 40k crossover set. So uh, that's coming, it sounds like, maybe fall, like oh. maybe Gen Con-ish, post-Gen, I don't know. It, yeah. I think it's the end of 22 that they'll deliver that. Um, and that, I'm sure, will be one where we'll buy some packs yep. and assemble some decks. And, and throw some, I totally forgot about that. I remember it being announced yeah, I mean, that, until yeah. you mentioned that. Yeah, I didn't. I would have got surprised when that came, came out again. So, so it's, it's in the pipe. Exciting. It's in one of the next three sets. So yep. their sets are, what, a couple months, I think, they cycle yep. them. So maybe we'll see that by end of the year. Um, they probably told us the official dates, but I did not take the time to, to research. I just saw it and thought, oh, cool, I want to tell Troy, um, but missed all the relevant details. <laughs> um, the other thing I saw today is artist Max Dunbar partnered with Joe Manganiello and Death Saves to do a new design, and they launched a T-shirt for Crawl. The Tortle Cleric of Tiamat uh, from Avernus. So Arkin's companion. Um, so I definitely went and purchased a Kroll uh, t-shirt. 
Uh, it has like this cool rendering of the turtle cleric with his big axe, and then the the axe with the skulls flaming on the on the back, like across the shoulders um, of the shirt. So should have that in a handful of days. Probably wear that the next time we record, just to show off my my death saves uh, t-shirt. But throwback to Avernus, and then a cool character. Nobody gives turtles the respect that they no. deserve. So no, that'd be good. Uh, and I don't have it on here, but the interesting Joe Manganello connection I've been watching on YouTube. Um, I don't know if people like there's a, a, a woodwork, a resin table woodworking company that's doing a new table for his D and D room. And I, can't, oh, I awesome. think if you look, you, you'll be able to find it if you search in YouTube. It's black, whatever. I think they're actually in in Canada. I think they're I think they're in kind of the British Columbia, Vancouver area. Um, but so they're doing this huge live, you know, live edge. You've seen it like live edge, you know, giant logs. Mm-hmm. And then they pour gallons and gallons of resin into the middle. And um, so th- they haven't, I have not seen it for the final delivery to it. Because I think they're going to do a video when they, they're actually, del- of course, they're going to deliver it in person, I think, to right. his house on that. So it'll be interesting to see when that video comes out. But there's a couple out there as they're actually building that table and, uh, Pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's monstrous. I think I got to think it's like 12 feet long. You know, it's like. Well, it has a huge home. Yeah, game. that huge thing. Crazy yeah. how many players that they they have. Um, yeah, so it's going to. So that's interesting. Talk about a game that would be fun to sit in on sometime. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. Um, and then the, the other thing I do, just kind of coming up, this could have probably gone in events too, but want to take a minute. So, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, uh, you know, certainly a, a lot being talked about and, and said for kind of making that a focus. Um, but uh, Andrew, so Mr. Maff announced the Rantathon dates and kind of put the Tiltify page live. So even though it's a few months out, end of July, Saturday the 30th to Sunday the 31st, he does his 32 hour uh, <laughs> marathon yep. stream. Uh, every two hours, different guest block, different prizes to win as you enter. Um, and he did have um, the executive director of the charity uh, take that, I believe, um, is the, the charity organization that he'll be raising funds for, uh, which is a, a mental health programs. Um, but coming up in July, and then uh, we are, so Milwaukee by night, the Coterie uh, is doing a cast uh, block uh, from eight to ten on Saturday, so we'll get to get to chat, and I think we're gonna talk about who knows what, but maybe some like <laughs> character design ideas yeah, and story, just basic storytelling. You know, you want to talk about inside the actor studio? That'll be uh, that that two hour stretch. So that'll be fun. and there's think, again, uh, there's so many. It, it's been the last. This is third year, fourth, third, third, third year, third, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then they've all, well, all other ones have been so. Interesting to listen to. He has such interesting people on from around the world. Uh, yeah, right to yeah. chat, and uh, it's for a. It's a Australians, great I think. Seasons of Wars lined up. Vince will kick it off with him early in the day. Travis Winter from Atlas Games. Uh, he does the veterans of Sigmar and the Doctors. Uh, yeah, just just the whole range of of folks that he'll he'll have on, uh, and really really cool prize box. I don't know if he's in. I don't want to spoil, <laughs> but. There's some incredible support that they've organized this year. Um, so that I'm, I'm sure I'll drop more reference to that here as it gets closer. But, um, you know, 
you know, I'll use my five seconds on a soapbox and say mental health is incredibly important. Take care of yourself, take care of your friends, you know, talk to somebody, have that conversation because uh, it is the best thing that one can do for themselves. Yep. Can't say enough. Uh, yep. And, and we'll say 32 hours of stuff in yep. July. <laughs> <clears throat> but, um, all right, let's, let's crack the doors into the BOD library. Um, I did not add anything about watching or, you know, plan, like this is strictly reading. Um, so I'll, I'll kick it off, Troy. I, um, I saw a Hulu series coming with Andrew Garfield called Under the Banner of Heaven. And he's like a detective. I'm like, what is this about? So then I researched, it's based on a book written by John Krakauer, the guy who wrote Into the Wild. Um, And he wrote this book in 1998, Under the Banner of Heaven. Uh, And it is a analysis of kind of Mormon fundamentalism and the different like polygamous uh, groups that have fractioned off because there was a killing in the late 80s where two Mormon fundamentalists said they had received like a you know, guidance from God to kill this woman and her daughter, her, her like infant or toddler daughter. Um, so the show dramatizes it. Haven't started yet. Cause I want to read the book, but I'm reading this and it's enthralling. Like I had no idea. It breaks down the start of like the Mormon church and Joseph Smith and how he was kind of a con man and a swindler and like started the, let's call it a cult for lack of a better word that has become this huge modern, religion like the fastest growing religion in the world in the last you know 50 years and all this money and um and it really gets into that and it's overlaid as you're learning little bits and pieces about this guy dan lafferty who's one of the killers and how he went kind of down this path of like fundamentalism and his beliefs and where he thought he was getting guidance you know uh from from god to do these things and live this way um, so just, it's one of those, I don't usually read like true crime or anything, but this is kind of a study of the power of religion and however power can be described, you know, many, I think many different ways you can think of power as, um, kind of this, this just ability to, to shift people's viewpoints and belief systems and its impact on this crime in the eighties. So it, it, it's enthralling. Like I'm just every night I'm reading like a chapter because <laughs> it's nonfiction. So it's not yeah. like easy, you know, fly yeah. through it. Um, but it is, it's incredibly informative and I'm, I'm trucking through that, um, paper. So I ordered the the paperback and I'm, I'm reading that one, you know, physical. And then I was also listening, uh, to another book on audible called the cartographers, which I don't know why I read this one, but it was prompted as a, you may like this, the author is Peng Shepard. She um, she wrote it, and it is, I mean, it's about a group of people that make maps um, <laughs> and study maps, and it kind of has this New York Public Library tie-in, and there's this break-in and this mysterious death, and then the, there's this group of people that were graduate students at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, so there's like this there's a tie. connection <laughs> to geography and, and Madison, and it kind of goes down this path of like the different reasons people make maps and that maps are used to bring people together. But there's kind of this like mystical realism, magical realism twist that 
some maps have hidden things in them, and those hidden things are called phantom settlements, and that's evidently a real cartography term. But these hidden things, not spoiling too much, have the potential to be real. So, like, you might draw in a room in your house that isn't there, but when you use the map, you can find that room. So it, it has this element, yeah. but it, I guess it's like a modern thriller, almost like Da Vinci Code, but yeah. with this mystical element. It was really good. I, I could not like get it done fast enough. Um, and it tells the story at different points from different viewpoints of this original group of cartographers. And then one of their kids that is kind of now trying to solve the mystery of her father who's dead and he, she's been estranged from him so like wasn't made aware of any of his secrets and now she's kind of uncovering this this mystery um highly recommend that book and then landon and i after a few months of not reading more Redwall, so we read the first Redwall, i think kind of almost a year ago we read through Mossflower, the second book and now we're on matameo the third book so we're going through like uh, brian jock's uh Redwall series and he's loving the stories um and it's one I read to him. Um, and sometimes he'll ask me to make up a voice for one of the <laughs> characters or do something. So it's just kind of a fun. We'll read a chapter yeah. or two a day. On nights we don't have baseball. So I'm enjoying that because that, that was a series. There's like 22 books. And when I was younger, around his age, I'd started. I think I read the first 12 or 13. So um We'll see if we, if, I think we'll just keep going. You know, it's, it's easy to buy seven or eight dollars, buy a paperback and yep. read it's through it over too. a couple months. So, what have you been reading? Cool. So, I tried. So, I, I, I it's more of a warning because I hate to be negative about anything. Um, but I know you had actually loaned me the hardcover of the Kith and Kin Vox Machina book. Mm -hmm. And, I then I saw oh I'm like oh I saw the audible and it actually has um, Laura Bailey and Liam O'Brien, you know, as voice actors in it. Let me just do that, I'll, I'll, you know. And I started that, and I couldn't, I could not. And I again, this isn't one where it's not the book. I think it's the narrator. Uh -huh. It was, and I think it, they just went. There was so much contrast between. Again, I can listen to Laura Bailey do yeah. Vex voice all day long, right? She could read the yeah. book, and right? I love that. Liam just ha also has the very the contrast between that and I'll just say milk toast narrator that they, you know, so uh -huh. he like he was Whoever doing that. Did the yeah, rest of the, the rest of the book sounded like somebody who would be doing again like more of a children's narrator I, he just had this kind of you know a little bit of a higher voice right and it just the contrast between that and the you know and when you had their serious voice acting yeah, actors kind of yeah. it was so okay. like jarring um that i just could not get oh, get man. into it and whatever so so i punted on that so not that i think that you read the book it's mm -hmm. it's probably good good interesting story especially if you're into critical role stuff i would yep. just say steer away from the even though it sounds interesting steer away from the audible uh <laughs> I'll figure out a way to read it and listen so when it's yeah. their dialogue you listen right and when it's a section that's narrator you read yep. yeah yeah so so i, I punched it on that everybody get stephen pacey oh, or yeah, you know like right you're a spoiler any every I, book should be i'm by stephen although pacey. i am kind of the every book should be narrated by a, someone who has a british accent like yes that like 
if you do that, yes. then you have no problem. Like I, <laughs> which yeah. is why all the so why I jump to uh, Penitent, which is the second uh, novel in the Dan Abnett Beckwin series. So which is Eisenhorn, Ravener, and Beckwin. Um, I'd had this kind of I have the hardcover kind of sitting somewhere. Jumped in, amazing, loving loving it again. I I should know it's right up my alley. Abnett's playing with all the toys. Um, it's kind of it reminds me. It's like oh, if I took all the Fantasy Flight role playing. It's like Dark Heresy, Death Watch, um, mm-hmm. Black Crusade, all jammed together. Um, and he's telling this really cool story. Uh, and I won't spoil it because there's some, especially the first book. There's some real interesting um, spoilers in there. And you got all the players uh, kind of in the lot of lot of again. There's a lot of nostalgia because you. Some people maybe from the Eisenhorn and Ravener books also appear maybe in the Beckwin books, right? Which might, <laughs> which would be interesting. So I'm almost done with that, but loving that. Problem is there is not a third book yet. So hopefully Dan has that on his uh, on his radar, but we may be waiting a little bit uh, as he's a busy guy. That might be a reread. So I feel like I read the Eisenhorn books. I don't know that I have read the Ravener books, but like – that would be a series I should add to my 2023, like yep. go back and, and I have up. the, I just got the, whatever it is at the 20 and whatever of eyes of uh Xenos and the Eisenhorn. And it's, um, it's an annotated, uh, hardcover. So it has notes. Plus it has like Dan's notes in the, the margins. Oh, cool. And I, so I'm probably going to work my way back through that. Yeah. Cause this, I'm so excited about this. I'm like, I, I need to, and, cause it's been, decades yeah since i probably read that maybe um maybe we eisenhorn our um next book club after malcontent between worlds we yeah because yeah we can see yeah or this will be one yeah one of our rereads um because it's been in a while but uh yeah we can't go wrong on that one and then um i can't remember what i had i think i had done car in the sun that i talked about last time Mm -hmm. and uh Looking for, and I went into Harrow the Ninth, which is the second book in the Gideon the Ninth um, series. Space Necromancer. Space <laughs> Necromancers <laughs> of the, and uh, again, Harrow the Ninth, it's the second one, and this is about Harrow Hark, who is the um, one of the main characters with, uh, with Gideon in the first book. And so there's some, again, super spoilers at the end of the first book, so I won't go in that. Totally enjoyed this book, but it just I I Tamson Murr did some interesting, just really cool. I love how you know I love as much about the the craft of the book as as sometimes mm-hmm. as the story, right? Like, and the way that she one has messed with you, like she you read this book and you're completely you're, you start and you're completely confused because you're like, wait, how did I mean I read the first one a while ago, a little bit ago, but this doesn't make any sense, and so you're kind of reading this. She uses, I am not a huge fan of second person, especially when Chuck Wendig does it. Again, hate to be negative. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I don't, I, and I, I shouldn't say not all of his, I, I don't know. There was a Star Wars book he wrote where I felt, it felt so forced. To me, it felt forced, mm-hmm. right? I think that's, sometimes second person can feel really, it feels forced. And here she uses mm-hmm. second person in just amazing way, an amazing way especially as you get through the book and cause you realize what, you know, she's using it for a, a reason, not just as yeah. a kind of a stunt. Um, and then also first person. So she, the way she's using 
Um, kind of the different points of view is really good. Um, but I would just say if you get in there, it, I think she does it really. I mean, it's, it, there's a little bit. It's interesting. I always love after I read it to go back and read some reviews. And there are some reviews like, you know, people were totally confused and they so they give it two stars. I'm like, you you got to like invest in the book. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's telling she's doing it for a reason. Like she's confusing you for a reason in the front and then kind of come to the back. So I, I really enjoyed Gideon, that. Gideon's on my short list of oh. to read. It's like in the stack. I have a shelf, you know, with like six or seven yeah. books that I. I want to pull off and that's that's in the short stack i bought it you know and queued it up so hopefully i get yeah, to it and there this, are this year. few i'm I, I gonna think there are a few books that make me laugh out loud while i'm listening and you know randomly as you're walking yeah. down <laughs> there there were parts in one gideon is one too gideon as a character the dialogue is so great like again i have so many laugh out loud moments um with that so really kind of enjoyed that as the crazy space necromancers that is the that whole and again I'm in the same boat here third book is not out yet it will be out but it is yeah. kind of I think it's done cuz it's kind of teed up to be published I think the end of this year so that's been very my cool. reading very cool um the only the only other kind of thing that I think is relevant from a a library standpoint um is um a couple a couple things that were netflix related um ozark wrapped up have you watched that show at all i started it i started it and realized what kind of a trip you're on for and i never yeah (laughs) um but the final i can appreciate like six episodes dropped and i um uh, yeah i feel like part of me is now missing after finishing the the show. Um, And then the other thing it's on HBO, but so David Simon did the wire years ago, which to this day I think is the best police procedural slash study of a city on the the brink, you know, in Baltimore ever that's fictionalized. Um, But he did a new limited series with John Bernthal also set in Baltimore following a gun tracing task force police called we own the city and the first episode first two episodes i watched out of the six and i think three are available now on hbo and if you were ever a fan of the wire or you heard good things about the wire this show is worth watching it is um it is a contemporary look at kind of a, a police department that is constantly under scrutiny you know by uh and probably rightfully so by a number of politicians and different groups in the city. Um, but John Bernthal, I think, is a tremendous actor, and he he plays kind of a sergeant who's in charge of this task force, or kind of the, you know, the, the hot-blooded, you know, police officer that um, starts with a, an intro speech, and it's just, it's a really well-done show. David Simon, I think, is a, a genius, so highly recommend that. Yep. I know I said I wasn't going to be watching, it was a true library, but... Near the touch base on the the heartbreak of Ozark and the <laughs> the, the powerful kind of uh, police procedural yeah. slash drama of um, We Own This City on HBO. Yep. No, it's good. I heard the same again. I didn't watch a lot of The Wire, but I always heard such good things. And I just yeah, I'd heard that that he had done another show, and people were very excited about it. So um, you had mentioned it. I think will is that we are again. We've been kind of doing a quarterly book club with the BOD. 
We are doing Between Worlds Malcontent, which is the Ethereum book that our friends Paul and Jen DK uh, wrote. Um, and so we are going to probably talk about that sometime in late, late June or something like that. Yeah, um, mid mid to late June, yeah. yeah. Um, and so our, we may, we'll probably try and get Paul and Jen and or Jen uh, yeah. on, and we may press record on, on some of that <laughs> and uh, into it. So if you want to, um, and we probably will be spoilery. So if uh, you want to yeah. get ahead of that, uh, grab that book. We'll, we also, we'll put a link. Yep. We'll put a link in the show notes. I know I say we, but Troy will put a link in the show notes uh, for it and highly recommend, you know, join us. We'll do a, a virtual book club where you can listen to us yep. talk to the authors and ourselves, <laughs> anyone else <laughs> from our, our group that reads it. Um, but certainly too, like if you're really interested, send questions. Yep. We always are looking for discussion yep. questions if you happen to pick that up. So good deal. Troy, I think that brings us to the end. Any any other notes or thoughts before we, we go into the usual stuff where I bore everyone and people tune out and hit stop on their on their playlist? No, well hopefully they're waiting for the the just gripping like what what uh events are coming up as we as we are back to yeah. actually having events. So people should be exciting. Yeah. We should be celebrating this um this segment since for a long time we didn't have this. So <laughs> <laughs> way to make perhaps the boringest part of the show the 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 most interest generating you've yep. you've promoted me and now i'm going to dive into upcoming events so right around the corner at the beginning of june june 8th through the 12th in columbus ohio is origins um interested to see how this one goes they've merged with kind of a digital game uh show that's usually in the area I've heard rumors of dwindling bank accounts at uh, the Origins kind of gamma um, pocketbook. So I think a lot hinges on this this show and how it does for the, the future of Origins. Um, Nexus Game Fair, end of June, Brookfield, Wisconsin. So they've moved out to Brookfield, the near suburb of Milwaukee. They had been downtown for a couple of years. I think this is their second year. Yeah, it's like they had done it They've in Brookfield. Yeah, in 2019 when uh, yeah, right, they were right there. before the pandemic shut down in person yeah. events. Um, we will. Then, I will uh, be there on the Friday, which is the whatever 27th, 23rd. Um, I'll be there Friday, probably running some Zombicide. Um, nice. Um, probably might find John or some of that. So if you're, you if you're kind of, GM? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think I wasn't famous this year because I'm only showing oh. up for a little bit. But uh, all right. But I was uh, hoping we could promote you being a featured well, a celebrity GM. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Probably not. But, <laughs> but it'll be fun. It's a it's the back it's our true backyard uh, convention. So yeah, the closest yeah. one to home certainly. Um, Gen Con. August 4th through the 7th, um, Indianapolis, uh, event catalog is open. Event registration is Sunday noon Eastern. So here we are on, I think Tuesday night recording. Um, but the, the catalogs out there, um, maybe we'll touch on that kind of our next episode after event reg. I don't know that I'll be able to get online and even hit like purchase on my wait list. So I might try to just find some stuff to randomly do. And, um, not worry too much about not getting any of the premier events because usually I find the good ones 
afterwards when the companies go, oh, shoot, we needed to post our games, and they post yep. their <laughs> games. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, again, we'll see what we get. It, it's even, I mean, last year there weren't a whole lot of events. It seems like there are less events this year, at least in the initial catalog, um, than there yeah, have been th- in years past. Ben, ben put up some stats that, like, yep. You know, the original posting was like fifteen or sixteen thousand pre-pandemic. Then it was like five thousand events in last year's kind of catalog. At the time of the event catalog being posting, yeah. this year it was like eleven thousand. And most years it grows by about twenty percent by the time event registration is. So, be interested to see what's in there now with um, registration. I think Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Oh, I'm glad you reminded. I had no. I have not even looked at it yet. I saw we had a bunch of discussion, and then I didn't even. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm <laughs> really excited yet, for so. for the Doctor Gabe virtual examination room uh, game. <laughs> Tickets are not uh, available to the public for that, but contact your local BOD representative for and Doctor Gabe. Um, it's like True Dungeon meets a doctor's office, so it'll be great. Um, but he, he won't actually offer medical advice because he'll be outside of his state licensed, uh, home state of misery. So, and then NashCon end of August 20th, 21st, um, Tom and Bryce and I are planning on going down there, hanging out with Anthony and David and Jacob Barry and Stu and all of our other friends down in, uh, down in Nashville. Um, just today I saw somebody post a list. I'm like, this would be fun, but I got rid of all my beast claw. So I was messaging Brendan and Bryce saying, Hey, can I assemble this list? If I paint my own Kragnos with some frost Lords and Kragnos and just go down and have some fun, probably go and five. Um, but have a blast, uh, down, down in Nashville. Ideally I get to play against Stu at some point. That's, that's, that's my... Fun. It'll be my third NashCon, and I'm yet to get a game against Stu. So, <laughs> got to figure out a way to make that happen. That'd be cool. I should I should figure out a way to get down there at some point. But uh, and now my, my Sylvaneth got a refresh. Yeah, um, and so I can kind of refresh. You that even army. got time if you got on that wait list. That's three months out, yeah. Troy. We'll see. I, I'm trying to like uh, figure out a work trip where I go to our office in Louisville. Oh, and yeah. then and then head down to Na- and like oh I'm going to Nashville I'm I'm gonna go down to Louisville for a couple of days and then so I don't know we'll see all right and then uh, the only it's not here but we're already working on Adepticon 2023 uh, some wheels in motion oh, we will have some uh, we'll we'll uh, talk more as as plans come to place but we are already uh, getting excited to to do some of that stuff. So. Can't wait for all right. Wait for that. that was cryptic, but I like that cryptic. we can tease I'll, it. We'll and, tease it, and uh, as soon as yeah. we, we you hear some, we have some news we can announce. We'll uh, we'll let it go. Very cool. Excellent. Well, as always, folks, you know, check us out. Hopefully, if you're listening, you've already checked us out. But show us to your friends. Download, like, subscribe. Down here <laughs> or here, <laughs> like and subscribe. I've heard you have to do that on on yeah, YouTube on that YouTube um, thing. Thank yeah. you for the the couple dozen people that watch us on YouTube. So we're growing. We're getting yeah, on. yeah. I mean, someday it's going to be that's the only format. We'll even stop posting the feed. It'll just we'll be a YouTube show. We'll be YouTubers. Yeah. <laughs> Are we YouTubers yet? I don't know. I don't know. No, I I think like, you have you to get to find that. yourself as a YouTuber. Like 
I would say, like, technically, there's that. If you get a thousand people subscribed to you, then you oh, can yeah. actually like monetize. And I, I, I feel like that's mm. probably the line where, where people then are like really YouTubers. Like, yeah, if they're well, we're we're not yet, yeah. but someday our yeah. twenty four will become at least eighty, and then maybe a hundred. Anyways, uh, Twitter at Plainsland Show. Um, you know, basementofdeath.com where Troy posts all the cool show notes and every, everything else. All of our emails, you've heard this all before. Uh, if you have any concerns with tonight's episode, hit up josh at basementofdeath.com because <laughs> it is his fault. And in the meantime, keep the dice rolling, the drinks on ice, and no matter what, keep playing and slaying.